Hey, church, how's everybody doing today? Wow, that gave me so much energy. I'll just... Uh, isn't it a gorgeous day? It's a beautiful day. We've had some beautiful weather. And uh, it's great to be a Christian, great to be a member of this church, great to show up and be able to worship God. I'm glad you're here today. How about you turn to your neighbor and say, I'm glad you're here today. There's a little more energy. There's a little more energy, except there were some husbands and wives that turned this way. The U.S. Treasury Department has a special group of people, a a special department within them, just to locate counterfeiters. Their job, obviously, is to be able to identify a counterfeit bill. So, obviously, they need to know what a, a real bill looks like. So, you would think that they would spend their time studying and research what a counterfeit bill looks like, but that's not what they do. What they do is spend all of their time studying and research what a real, authentic bill looks like. So much so that they can almost differentiate between a real and a counterfeit just by looking, but for sure by touching. We're spending some time in 1 John, and John wants to ensure that we are assured of our salvation. He wants us to know that we're Christians. He wants us to know that we're saved. He wants us to know where we're going to spend eternity. And yet in our text today, he wants us to know that there are real Christians and there are counterfeit Christians. Well, how do you tell the difference? Well, he's going to explain that. Let's read in our text today, 1 John 3. We'll pick up in verse 4. Everyone who sins breaks the law. In fact... Sin is lawlessness. But you know that He appeared so that He might take away our sins, and in Him is no sin. No one who lives in Him keeps on sinning. No one who continues to sin has either seen Him or known Him. Dear children, do not let anyone lead you astray. He who does what is right is righteous, just as he is righteous. He who does what is sinful is of the devil." Because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. No one who is born of God will continue to sin because God's seed remains in him. He cannot go on sinning because he's been born of God. This is how we know the children who the children of the devil are. This is how we know who the children of God are and who the children of the devil are. Anyone who does not do what is right is not a child of God, nor is anyone who does not love his brother. John is going to tell us the difference between children of God and children of the devil. He's going to tell us the difference between real Christians and fake Christians. And he does that by telling us that Jesus came for two reasons. Jesus appeared for two reasons. Now, we know that word from our study last week. He talked about when He appears, when Jesus comes again, when Jesus appears. And He uses the same root form of that word, but He says appeared. So we're going past tense. The reason Jesus appeared, number one, to take away our sins. The reason Jesus appeared is to destroy the work of the devil. 
Well, what does that have to do with real Christians and counterfeit Christians? Well, that's what he wants us to know. So let's look at both of those because he uses the two reasons that Jesus appeared to explain to us the difference between real Christians and counterfeit Christians. If Jesus came to destroy the work of the devil, we'll look at that in a minute, and if Jesus came to take away sin, we need to understand that. So he says, sin is lawlessness. Everyone who sins is in rebellion to God. And then he says, oh yeah, Jesus came to take away sin. Jesus wants, John wants us to know that real Christians have a grasp on the enormity of sin. Real Christians know that sin is what sent Jesus to the cross. Sin is why Jesus suffered pain and agony. Sin is why Jesus came. Sin is why he was there. And real Christians understand that if that's what sent Jesus to the cross... Well, I'm not going to keep sinning. I understand that. Counterfeit Christians want you to believe that you can still be a Christian and keep on sinning. In fact, one of the reasons John wrote is because there were some people who were believers, but John says they really weren't believers. They were just leavers. They went out from among us. There were people that were teaching, you know what, you can can believe the right stuff and then go do whatever you want to in your body. You can go sin. As long as you have right doctrine, it doesn't matter what your life is like. And John said, no, don't let anybody lead you astray. Don't let anybody feed you that kind of garbage. Sin is rebellion. Sin is disobedience. Sin is, at its very core, rebellion against the authority of God. And real Christians won't keep on sinning. Real Christians, there will be evidence in our lives that we understand what the cross was all about. So if we keep on sinning and if we practice sin the way he describes it, in essence what he's saying is we don't really understand what happened at the cross. We don't understand what sent Jesus to the cross. Real Christians will see a profound difference in the way they live. In other words, John wants us to know how can you keep living the way you used to live If you really understand what Jesus did at the cross, how can you keep practicing sin? How can you keep doing what you're doing if you really understand what Jesus did at the cross? Almost as if to say, if you keep living the way you're living, then your salvation was ineffective. Because Jesus came to take away sin. So we need to understand that. The reason Jesus appeared was to take away our sins. Now, folks, that's pretty huge because Paul writes in Romans chapter 6, sin will no longer be your master. You're no longer slaves to sin. You've been set free from sin. What does that mean? Well, I mentioned last week in Bible class, I, I still don't think we have even come close to understand what baptism is all about. There are There's so much wrapped into baptism, and what he says if you read all of Romans 6 is, When we're baptized and we're united with Christ and we're buried with Him and we go through the death, burial, and resurrection, when we're in union with Christ, sin no longer has authority over me. Sin no longer has dominion over me. I've been set free from sin. And if I understand that... Listen, folks, baptism is more than just getting wet. Jesus did more than just come to the cross to save us. He came to remove the power of sin in our lives. 
When does that happen? John says, well, everybody who's born of him will do what's right. That's what baptism is. When you're born again, sin no longer has power over your life. Listen, folks, you know why you need to be born again? One of the reasons you need to be born again, one of the reasons that you need to be baptized is because before you become a Christian, before you're born again, you don't have the power to overcome temptation. You don't have the power to remove the sin in your life. And Jesus appeared to take away sin. Jesus appeared to take away the pollution of sin. Jesus appeared to take away the power of sin in our lives. Why do you need to be born in Him? Why do you need to become a Christian? Because Jesus came to remove all that stuff. And if you're not born in Him, you still got the stuff. That's what sent Jesus to the cross. And He said, real Christians understand that. If you're a child of God, you won't keep sinning. If you're a child of God, you won't practice sin. If you're a child of God, you understand that because we bear the family resemblance. We talked about that last week. In Genesis, Satan came along and he sold Adam and Eve a lie and he sold them a counterfeit identity and we've been living that counterfeit identity ever since. And they bought into that lie and we buy into that lie and we live counterfeit lives. And so last week we said we need to know who we are. We're children of God. We bear the resemblance of God. And if we bear the resemblance of God, it ought to show up in our lives. Our behavior ought to be such that people can identify us as children of God. That's why Jesus came. To take all this filth out of my life and the power of the filth in my life. Jesus came to take away sin. And he said, real Christians understand that. So again, if you keep on sinning, then you don't understand what Jesus did at the cross. Now, if you practice righteousness, you're a child of God. If you practice sin, you're a child of the devil. You want to know the difference between real Christians and counterfeit Christians? Just look at their lives. Just look at your lives. Real Christians are going to want to remove the sin in their lives. Now... Titus 2.14, He gave Himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for Himself a people that are His very own, eager to do what is good. That's what real Christians do, eager to do what is good. We bear the family resemblance. Think about it, y'all. Why do we call rebellious, out-of-control kids hellions? Because we're saying you act just like your family. Your father. And what John is saying, people who live rebellious, out-of-control lives and keep practicing sin, you look just like your father, the devil. We bear the family resemblance. The difference is, are you going to keep on sinning and practicing sin? Or are you going to allow what Jesus does to take away sin, to remove the pollution, the sin, the power of sin out of your life? Real Christians and counterfeit Christians. Now, he goes on to say that Jesus also appeared to, to destroy the work of the devil, to destroy the devil's work. Jesus didn't just come to the cross to ask us to do something. Jesus went to the cross because he did something. He destroyed the work of the devil. Colossians chapter 2 said he destroyed the powers and the authorities. What's the work of the devil? Well, he's going to sell you a lie, and he's going to sell you a counterfeit identity, and he wants you to hate your brother, and he doesn't want you to follow Jesus, and he wants you to practice sin, and he wants to control your life. 
That's the work of the devil. And Jesus came to wage war against Satan. What we don't understand is the battle's already been won. Let me illustrate a couple of ways. Hebrews 2.14, because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood, Jesus also became flesh and blood by being born in human form. For only as a human being could he die, and only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. What's your biggest fear in life? It's probably dying. Jesus came to destroy that. Jesus came to remove that. What's the one thing that Satan has us, he he has power over us? We're scared to death of death. The Hebrew writer said he came to set us free. As a matter of fact, we are free, but we don't live that way. Let me illustrate this way. You've heard of the great Harry Houdini who would say, I can break out of any jail cell, any prison cell. And he broke out of hundreds. So there was a, a place in the British, British Isles. They built a brand new jail cell and they invited Houdini down. They said, hey, we want you to check out our jail cell and we're, we want you to see if you can break out. So they put him in the cell. They closed the door and everybody left. And Houdini, who always carried his equipment in his belt or some part of his clothing, removed his equipment and he started working on that lock. 30 minutes in, man, he just couldn't bust it. An hour in, he was getting a little frustrated. An hour and a half, finally two hours in, he just gave up. And he sat down and he leaned against that door and that door swung wide open. They never locked the door. They tricked him. Just like Satan does us. Jesus came to destroy the work of the devil and his power over us and his power over death. We've been set free and we're living like we're in prison. Jesus came to destroy that. So why are we living lives that have no assurance and no confidence and we doubt all the time and we wonder if we're going to be saved when Jesus already fought the battle and won the war? Folks, we know the end of the story. Jesus wins. Satan may win a few battles here and there, but Jesus has already won the war. Jesus came to destroy the work of the devil you know, really, the Bible is just a story of two kingdoms. There's the kingdom of God. There's the kingdom of Satan. There's the kingdom of light. There's the kingdom of darkness. The whole Bible, there's heaven and there's hell. And it's a battle. It's a story of two kingdoms. And Jesus came to this earth, the kingdom of Satan. And he encountered a miserable, evil, sinful world full of people that were suffering the wrath of God, he came to the kingdom of Satan and he said, Our Father which art in heaven, your kingdom come. And yet we have six billion people on this earth who are wanting to live in their kingdom, my kingdom, and we live in a world of chaos and sin. Why do you think our world is hell on earth? Because it's Satan's kingdom. And yet Jesus came along And perhaps his greatest sermon, his most frequent sermon is repent because the kingdom of heaven is near. Repent, the kingdom of heaven is near. Repent, the kingdom of heaven is near. What's he trying to say? We don't have to live in this kingdom anymore. I'm showing you a different kingdom. I came to destroy the kingdom of Satan. So why are you living like you're in jail? Jesus came to set us free. It's a story of two kingdoms. Listen, folks, 
<clears throat> Satan wants you to believe that there are no real consequences to sin. And when you believe you can live any way you want, and there's no consequences to sin. When you buy into that lie, you buy into his kingdom. And when you buy into his kingdom, you buy into his rule. And when you buy into his rule, you buy into his authority. And when you buy into the authority of Satan, he's going to convince you, hey, just go live any way you want to. It doesn't matter. And Christians become indifferent to sin like it's no big deal. It's no big deal. We go back to the first point. That's why Jesus came and died. It's a huge deal. And Jesus came to set us free. You want to know the difference between a real Christian and a fake, counterfeit Christian? John says if you're a real Christian, it's going to affect your life somehow. There will be a profound difference in your life. As a matter of fact, you know, one of the things about baptism that maybe we don't understand, we think, well, you know, they just want me to be baptized to join this church. I don't want you to be baptized to join this church. I want you to be baptized to get a new nature. Because that's what the Bible says. When we're baptized, we get a new nature. Let me read you some scriptures. Second Peter chapter 1. God has given us everything we need so that we may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. And so how do you escape that? You, you get a new nature. How do you get a new nature? John says everyone who's born in him gets a new nature. That's why Jesus told Nicodemus, you must be born again. That's why we preach you must be born again. You must be born again. You know why I tell you you must be born again? Because you get a new nature. And when you get a new nature, sin no longer has control in your life. And your life will change. And you don't have to live the way you used to live. It has nothing to do with joining this church. It has everything to do with being in union with Christ and living for Him. So are you going to be in union with Christ and live for Him? Or are you going to identify and be in union with Satan and continue to practice sin and live in sin? It's your choice. Are you going to be a real Christian or a fake Christian? Are you going to be a real Christian or a counterfeit Christian? John says it's real easy. All we have to do is look at somebody's life. Listen, folks, God doesn't want you to turn over a new leaf. He wants to give you a new life. God doesn't want to modify your flesh. He wants to crucify your flesh. He wants to bury you so that you can be raised. I'm going to go back to baptism again. So you can be raised to live a new life. Richie, why should I be baptized? Why should I be born in Him? You get a new nature. You get a new life. If you're not born again, if you're not baptized, you don't have that. I don't know how you live without that. I can't live from day to day without the power of God in my life. Otherwise, I'd be practicing sin. Otherwise, I'd keep on sinning. As a matter of fact... Let me tell you the difference between a real Christian and a fake Christian. It's like a sheep and a pig falling into a mud pit. One of them is going to enjoy the mud and the slime and want to stay there. The other is going to want to get out as fast as it can. It all depends on the nature of the beast. And when Christians are given a new nature... We don't want to hang around in the mud. We don't want to keep practicing. We want to get out of the mud. We want to bear the family resemblance. We're children of God. We want to look like God. We don't want to look like the devil. From the message, 1 John 3, verse 9, it's not in the nature of the God begotten to practice and parade sin. Folks, it's not our nature to sin. So stop sinning. 
John writes, 1 John chapter 2, I write these things to you so that you will not sin. And we're thinking, what? What are you talking about? And then he says, let me explain that to you. Everyone who's born of God gets a new nature. We don't have to sin. Stop making excuses for your sin. Stop living like the devil. Stop living like hellions. We bear the family resemblance. We should look like God. You know, it really has everything to do. Rodney and I try our best to talk about songs and and try to fit in songs. And we may just blow through songs and you think, oh, those songs were cool. The song right before the sermon, Lord, reign in me, reign in your power. Not my power. It's not my will be done. It's your will be done. It's all about giving up control. Something we really struggle with. In our class in First Peter talking about submission, we're not real good at submission. We're real good at my kingdom, your kingdom. Jesus came to take away our sins and Jesus came to destroy the work of the devil. Why? Because he wants us to look just like him. And real Christians are being transformed into the likeness of Jesus. The question is, is the Lord reigning in your life? The question is, have you given up control to the Lord? The Lord wants to take control of your life and you want to live in your kingdom. And when you do that, you look just like the devil. It's your choice. Who do you want to look like? Well, I want to look like a child of God. Stop practicing sin. Get out of the mud pit as fast as you can. We offer the invitation of Jesus Christ today. Here's what I wrote down. Maybe it's time you stop making excuses. You know, people will say who've been Christians 40 or 50 or 60 years, they'll say, well, it's just my nature to talk that way. You're right. It's just your devilish nature to talk that way. Well, it's just my nature to not forgive people. It's just my nature not to be is to be a bitter person. It's just my nature. And all you're doing is saying, I'm identifying with the devil. I've given control of my life to the devil. You know, what's the big deal? It's just sin. What's the big deal? It's just cursing. What's the big deal? It's just some, you know, off-color jokes. What's the big deal? So I'm fooling around on my wife or husband. What's the big deal? Everybody's doing it. Jesus Christ died on the cross. He appeared so that we wouldn't live that way. He wants us to bear the family resemblance. So stop making excuses. Christians, stop making excuses. So when we stand to sing this song, Lord, take control, I want you to think about your life. Lord, is there some area in my life that I've not given you control? Is there some area in my life that I'm still wanting to live in my kingdom? Is there some area in my life that I still look like the devil? Lord, I want you to take control. Would you... Listen, folks, living a Christian life is not about living sinless. It's about claiming the power of the Spirit to sin less. Because we bear the family resemblance. Will you give control to God today? If you've never become a Christian, if you've never been born of God, 
Can I encourage you to be baptized into Jesus Christ today for the remission of your sins, to get a new life, to get a new nature, so that you now have a power living in you, so that you don't have to live the way you used to live. Will you give control to the Lord as we stand and sing?